Hello and welcome to another episode of Future of Tax, the KPMG podcast series for tax leaders. For today's episode, we'll introduce the metaverse and discuss the important tax and strategy related considerations. Grant Waddle Johnson, tax policy leader, KPMG International, will lead the discussion today and is joined by a number of leaders from KPMG around the world to dive into these topics. With that, over to you, Grant. I'm Grant Woodell Johnson. I'm Global Tax Policy Leader, and I'm joined today by Elfie Osad Quintain from Paris, Jana Volkovichova from Zurich, Hugh Salome from Geneva, and Eric Janovic from the UAE. I'm going to start with you, Jana. So what is the metaverse at a high level? There are really many um, definitions of metaverse out there. And some of them are more, more complicated than the other. But the most literal and the most simplest one that I found is that metaverse is a conversion between the digital and the, the physical world. That being said, however, there are many, um, many changes that comes with the metaverse. And that predominantly be, uh, comes from the Web 2 towards the Web 3 differences. And these differences are coming from decentralization. So this is the information and uh, information flow and uh, the decision making or the power of decision making. And the second one is the power of ownership that has been such a great criticism of the of the Web 2 when few companies just rose and held the data of the consumers and um, made business out of it. Whereas now in the in metaverse, in the decentralization system, uh, the promise is that the uh, it is the user that owns the data. The metaverse itself stands on main three pillars of main three enablers, if I may. First one is the Web3, as already mentioned, and the companies that enable the Web3 technologies. Second one is the metaverse worlds themselves. We have several metaverse worlds uh, to be clear of. And then the third one are the entrances toward metaverse, whether it's the extended reality, mixed reality, or augmented reality. And one essential feature of the metaverse is it involves assets, and assets raise questions in relation to taxation. So if I can turn to you, Elfie, conceptually, how do you see the metaverse from a tax perspective? I guess that the um, the metaverse raises indeed a lot of questions, especially if we look at those assets from a, a traditional, uh, you know, perspective and and from a, a traditional concept, the the questions that the enterprises want to to answer and and the questions they're working upon are how to make things right, as Yana mentioned. So, what kind of mechanism could I implement to not be doing anything that would looks like tax fraud? Um, so how to uh, how to avoid those those uh, those situation and there there is a number of contradictions here because obviously as we as we mentioned as part of the of the initial podcast this is the metaverse is a decentralized model which means there is no one central entity in charge of collecting taxes for anything that happened within the metaverse. And what the uh, regulators or, or the OECD or, or various people are trying to work upon today is, is there a way to actually tax what is happening within the metaverse? Or should we feel okay to just tax 
and follow what is happening in and out of the metaverse. So anytime you are actually, you actually want to use the proceeds that you might have made in the metaverse within the more traditional economy. Um, and Hugh, if I can turn to you, is this model here just taking the traditional tax concepts that we have and putting a gloss on it? Or how do you see it in those terms? I think in the metaverse, the the ownership of virtual assets and also transactions involving virtual assets will trigger tax issues for individuals and corporations, that is clear, by the way, as they do in the real world. So issues such as the timing of taxation, the deductibility of losses, uh, inheritance, gift tax implications, VAT, all this will arise in the virtual world as it does in the real world. But I, I think conceptually, most of the time, to assess tax consequences, the real challenge is consist in understanding the legal elements of an arrangement that is crystallized in a smart contract. And once you get this, then you can apply the existing legal framework to, to these elements. Eric, if I can turn to you, what are the, some of the difficulties here along the lines of identifying parties, working out where assets are, and even the nature of particular assets? Yeah, I think that I'd, I'd probably respond by saying that maybe we should be starting with the question of is, is the current tax law that we have in various countries and jurisdictions even fit for purpose for taxing the metaverse appropriately? Or should we have a little bit of a rethink or a refresh on what the appropriate tax policy is? There's a lot of thorny issues that we have to deal with with respect to the currency that you start with into the conversion to the cryptocurrency that you're going to be using in the metaverse. And the transactions that occur in the metaverse, should they be reflected real time outside in the real world, or should they be seen as only occurring in the metaverse until a point in time when you come out of the metaverse and convert back into that real currency? Because I, I think that if you start to try to apply the current tax laws that we have to the metaverse, you come up with some pretty perverse situations where you can end up getting whipsawed, where you know potentially you owe tax where you wouldn't otherwise have owed tax in the real world, but for the fact that you had a metaverse transaction and you actually don't have any cash to pay it. And so you end up with what we call phantom income. So you, you see two frameworks here, two worlds, if you like, and the transactions in and out of that world are, are quite critical. You were about to say, uh, Hugh, you disagree? Yes, uh, what I wanted to add, I think, though, that to a large extent, the existing framework is fine to address the tax consequences. But I think what is critical is for our clients to understand those tax consequences. Okay, so uh, but I think like IP law, I mean, IP law is to a large extent fit to address IP issues within the metaverse. Uh, of course, they will need some adjustments will be needed, but I think to to, to, to a large extent, we, we already have something. It's just about implementing that to this new environment. So we've got two competing uh, frameworks, if you like, uh, in relation to this. Do we use this as an opportunity to start something anew or do we mm -hmm. use existing frameworks and put that on top? Can I turn to you, Elfie, uh, and your perception of tax issues in the metaverse? I might actually a little bit disagree with you because I think the actual uh, frame we have for taxes needs, it means that if we want to implement it, there are a number of elements and elements of information that are philosophically not available in the metaverse because um, th th that's the contradiction of 
you can follow everything that has happened in the metaverse through the blockchain and, and through the smart contracts. But at the same time, anonymity and, and the fact that you could have a virtual identity in the metaverse is is one of the the most important feature of the metaverse. So and 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 we started our, our initial podcast by thinking about the joy or the gamification or or everything. And and this is truly at the heart of the metaverse. So if we want to implement the current and and some some states are are trying to do that and are, I've I've started uh, to to um, implement regulation in this respect. When we were trying to do this, and especially uh, this could be the case for for VAT, to implement the same concept, we will be faced with issues and and maybe some some issues that we will not be able to to fully resolve. I'll return back to you, Hugh, but I just want to let our audience know the kind of issues that we're dealing with here. So firstly, there's sourcing issues. So where are the assets? Where are the parties? Uh, where do supplies actually take place? And then there's identification of the parties, which mm -hmm. in the normal environment is you know, readily identifiable, whereas the anonymity within the, the metaverse is, is, is critical. The nature of assets and supplies, corporate and personal income tax as issues, uh, revenue recognition, currency exchange gains and losses, that and the nature of supplies, and then transparency um, obligations. And indeed, we've got the OECD on the crypto uh, elements saying, creating a new framework in relation to that. So that for our audience is sort of the, the kinds of issues that uh, we're dealing with. Back to you in terms of responding to Elfie on that. Well, no, I, I'm with you, Elfie, of course. Adjustments are needed uh, in relation to, to, to specific issues. That is very clear. One, as you mentioned, is related to anonymity, and that is the automatic exchange of information. Income realized in a virtual world cannot escape taxation. That is clear, and tax authorities will never accept it. And, and that is why the OECD has been very actively working on designing a, a new crypto asset reporting framework. Um, actually, a report on this new framework was published on Monday, and it will be discussed uh, uh, later this week at the next G20 finance ministers meeting in Washington. So that is one area where I agree um, specific guidance is needed and uh, specific rules. VAT is also a very hot topic. One important question in that area is to determine, for example, whether an exchange platform should be liable to pay VAT on the full sale price of an NFT. And a case involving an online platform is currently pending at the European Court of Justice. The findings of the courts could have a significant uh, impact for exchanges in states where the sale of an, of an NFT is characterized as an electronic service. That's the case, for example, in Belgium, because in these circumstances, taxing rights are allocated to the state where the buyer is located. And related to this also, how VAT authorities will address the case of decentralized organization that do not take the form of a corporate vehicle formed under the laws of one state is also an issue, as it is, by the way, in the area of uh, CRS. Before we turn back to you, Jana, I just want to say we seem to have two models, those that look at the metaverse and say what happens in and out of the metaverse and those that look within the metaverse. I think there are two models there. But I'd like to turn to you, Jana, in terms of what strategies should companies embrace in relation to the metaverse? If you look at metaverse as transformation, as what we saw 
with digital transformation. We saw companies that were the front runners, and we saw companies that were the smart followers or those that withdrew themselves until maybe it was even too late. So this we also see in terms of how the companies are perceiving metaverse and how active they are. Nevertheless, I think overall it is the question of not if, but rather when these companies will need to act. Therefore, what the first step, what we suggest is to increase the education of what metaverse is. First, to know what are the opportunities. First, to know that it is still progress ongoing that is developing and it's, uh, uh, the systems and the propositions are not at this stage mature, but yet important. So it is definitely to get to know. Second one is to create the hypothesis of who do we want to be as a company in the, in the metaverse? Do I want to be uh, target my new customers? Do I want to develop a new business? Do I want to optimize my business? So it is to, to realize of what is the, the purpose of the metaverse for me as a, as a company or as a, a company leader. The third one is to actually try and see how how to make the revenue out of it how to eventually scale it and, and make it uh, and make it grow and make it sustainable going forward it is a certain investment nevertheless from what we are seeing the investments are actually not as high as my somebody might imagine it is more experimental and having that courage and last but not least is very much to deploy of uh, what what the company set to set to do and set to be we often also see that companies look into their pool of employees and look for people that are, in fact, those that are already in metaverse. And here I'm speaking of the younger generations that um, are in metaverse in their free time. Can this knowledge and experience be leveraged in our in uh, in the companies and uh, and actually creating the strategy? So that could be also one of the starting points. But nevertheless, education, finding, uh, finding what, who do we want to be, and making those trials of investment, that is uh, the steps that uh, we suggest. Thanks very much, Jana. Some concluding comments, Eric, to start with you. I, I would say that the potential for tax enforcement and taxation of the metaverse is very high because the blockchain itself is a permanent record. And so currently under, you know, in the real world, Tax can be very challenging because it is not as transparent as tax authorities would like it to be. But in the metaverse and with cryptocurrency, you have an eminently auditable, potentially, uh, blockchain record. And so if the law moves in the right direction, you could find that tax is actually relatively easy to enforce with the metaverse. But that was that's, this is what my comment goes at previously, which is I don't know that the current tax law is fit for purpose with respect to metaverse and, and cryptocurrency. Although, obviously, the OECD has now released some framework towards that, and as well as some other governments around the world. You? Yeah, no, I agree with my colleagues. I mean, I, I, I'm more of the opinion that the existing framework fits to a large extent, but uh, of course, a few adjustments clearly are needed with regard to some specificities of the metaverse. Delphi? I think that um, to, to add to something Yana mentioned, she, she mentioned it needs to embrace, if, if a company wants to go into the metaverse, it needs to embrace all part of the company. And, and I fully agree with this. And, and I would say it would then change the value chain of a company. I think if you change the value chain of a company, then it might change the overall 
allocation of profit in a broader extent than just to know what is in the metaverse and what is in the um, uh, more traditional industry. And, and obviously, we would need the OECD to work upon what it means for all the rest of the change we have seen in the in the in the tax environment. And when it comes to consumer, it it, uh, it raised the point of pillar one of the BEPS 2.0. And, and so if we think of the metaverse and, and where the consumer is, and if the consumer is in the metaverse, what does that mean? And I don't have the answer for now, but I'm, I'm pretty sure we will need to, to, to follow on that point. And concluding comments from you, Jana. So indeed, we had a great discussion here on what everything metaverse can be and is already. And I think it's the question of when rather than if the companies will need to have their strategy for metaverse figured out and their proposition to it as well, simply because it is part of development of the of the Internet and that is such a substantial part of our lives today. And there goes the already mentioned by the by uh, by the teams before. Also, the other parts of businesses that need to shape their value proposition, their safety, and also the communication with the customer that keeps changing and keeps requesting the safety, uh, the innovation, but also the service. So I think there is lots of going on for the companies, and uh, I think it's also time to make the step towards uh, realizing what the metaverse is for us as the companies and for us as the consumers. Well, two things I know. One is the issues surrounding the metaverse are complex. And two, they're not going away. They're going to grow over time. So thank you very much, Elfie, Jana, Hugh and Eric for your insights and watch this space. That's all we have time for today. Please join us again next time and also email us with any questions you have about today's episode at tax at kpmg.com. We'd also love to hear from you with any suggestions you have for future episodes. Thanks for listening.